How many brought your Bible today? Okay, let's get, a, get those out. We want to go to Mark chapter 16. And let's take a moment and pray this morning. Father, we just thank you today for your presence. Thank you for your mighty power and your great love. Thank you for your kindness toward all. Lord, we believe that you're at work in our midst here now. You have a plan and a purpose, not only for our lives and for our church, but even for this service. And so, Lord, may your will be accomplished. Lord, may your word be uh, explained and declared in a way that's accurate and right, precise, yet simple and easy to understand. Thank you for the grace of God that is sufficient and enables us to stand and do the work of God. Thank you for your anointing now that breaks every yoke of bondage and sets the captives free. Thank you for your deliverance and healing and blessing and favor and salvation that you've given us all freely in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God is good. We are today talking to you about passion points, all right? This is, I want to begin to get into point number four. We started this, as you can calculate with your very quick minds, three weeks ago, uh, discussing passion points, like I said, why we do what we do. And uh, I believe it's important for us not only to do the right thing, but have a good reason for what we do. And sometimes that helps to keep us on track so that we don't find ourselves being engaged in things that aren't necessarily what we're supposed to do. There's a lot of stuff that needs done in the world. There's a lot of activity that Christians can be and churches can be involved with, but not every person is supposed to do everything. And not everyone can. Not every church is supposed to have the exact same ministries and outreaches. Of course, there's one common goal. We want to win the loss. No matter what uh, brand or, or um, you know, if I say brand of Christianity or tribe within Christian circles, we all want to win the loss. But how we go about that sometimes differs from, from place to place. God has put certain things on our heart uh, that, are, that we are passionate about, that are very, very important to us. And uh, those things that we value most will oftentimes then drive the various things that we do. It'll, it'll, it'll determine we're not going to get involved with this, we are going to get involved with this, because it fits within what we believe the Lord has given us as an assignment to emphasize in, uh, in, in, our, in our ministries. Too many people, I, I think, today have fallen for the trap of just going through the motions of attending church once a week but not living out the essential components of the Christian life. And uh, I know this, that experiencing life, God's abundant life, is connected to being involved in certain activities. Um, We are all inherently, by right of salvation, belonging to the Lord, being in the family of God, we are blessed. Uh, Sometimes I think of it like this, uh, if I don't do anything in the sense of, hindering the move of God, the blessing of God, then I am, just because I'm born of God, like a magnet for His blessings, His favor, His provision to come to me, all right? From the very moment I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I was born again, good stuff starts being drawn towards me because I'm His. I have God's DNA, (laughs) you know, I'm, 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 I'm created I am His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We're designed for blessing and good things. We're designed for life. But sometimes through our behavior 
and our lack of being involved in doing certain things that God has designed us for, we sometimes put up a roadblock for some of that stuff to happen. And, and our goal, again, our design is to have the abundant life that Jesus came to give to be manifest in our lives. It's resident within every child of God, within every believer. It's resident in your spirit being, okay? But to get that out into our body and into our mind, our thinking, our relationships, our health, our finances, everything we do, sometimes we've got to uh, understand the principles that govern God's life and how it flows and how it works, okay? And so, again, I, I say this. I don't want to get in the rut of thinking the way that this system works is I go to church once a week and then it all, all is well. No, no, no. There are vital components to the Christian life that we must have in place, okay? Some of those, I believe, are what we are passionate about as we see these things in the Word of God. First of all, you remember week one, we said that we want to help people become grounded in the Word of God. All right. I'm not going to experience the fullness of God's life without the Word that brings that life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. I, I, I can't just put it off like some have done, saying whenever I have a problem, I just need somebody to pray for me. I just need, someone has got to do something for me. No, God's Word inherently contains my ability or His ability to cause me to overcome. All right, so we need to be those who take high value in hearing and being taught and reading the Word of God. It will change everything. Amen. Very important. All right, the Word of God. Now, we said, number two, that we believe that we are all supposed to be um, engaged relationally with others. That God didn't design us to be islands unto ourselves, just doing things alone by ourselves, but He put us in a family. So I know this, that some of God's life flowing into my life is going to come through somebody else. God just wants it to be that way. And if I say, well, you know, I'm kind of more of a loner, you know, I'm, I, I like to be by myself. Okay, fine, be that way and miss out on some of the life of God. Everybody with me? So, I, I, do, is it just going to be that way? Yes, it's just going to be that way. I know we have different personalities, and some people are more crowd-oriented than others, but all of us need to recognize the value of the connections that God ordained. They are God-ordained. They are divine. They are uh, important and necessary for us to receive all and to give all that He wants us to. Praise God. So, number three, then, we said... That we want to help people to become empowered by the Spirit, all right? There is available to every child of God an empowerment that comes only from Him. It is the Spirit-led, Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered life. It is the gifts of the Spirit flowing. We have a supernatural God, and we are supposed to live supernatural lives. And so we cannot leave out that component and say, oh, somebody just pray for me. <laughs> no. Be filled with the Spirit, and, and, and part of what God wants to do in your life will be satisfied and fulfilled in that, on, that, that initial and ongoing experience from God. Amen? We talked about that last week and then had a demonstration on Wednesday night in our believers meeting. Mighty, mighty power of God. It's so fun. It's so wonderful. God wants us to walk in these things all the days of our lives. All right, here we go. Number four. Number four, I want to share with you this fourth passion point. We want to help people. We see people 
pee 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 people. <laughs> Pupils. <laughs> Human beings. Saved people. <laughs> we see people becoming activated to reach others. Activated to reach others. Not only grounded, engaged, empowered, but then activated to reach other people in their lives. We must do what the Lord has called us to do. We must be activated to preach the gospel and make disciples. We must be about our Father's business. And through these um, actions, through our actions, we create opportunities for others to experience the transforming love of Christ and offer a message of hope to a hurting world. It has become all too common for people to become satisfied and complacent and passive in their walk with God. They've received from the Lord. They're forgiven of their sins. They're washed and cleansed in the blood. They're right with God. And they sit on their rear ends and do nothing. And God did not design us to be doers of nothing. <laughs> but He created us to be doing, to be active, to be involved, to be... Um, to have a part to play in God's kingdom. Amen. Everybody with me so far? All right. And uh, the word active just simply means to make active, or to activate, I should say. The word activate means to make active or operative. To make active or operative. God designed us and He wants us to be showing forth something, to be doing something. Would you consider yourself to be active or passive in your spiritual life? Are you doing something? I don't mean are, are you are something, because <laughs> you are something, right? He made us something special. He created us something special. But what are we doing? Amen. That's a good question for us. I want to show you this today in a, a nice physical way. This, this uh, bottle of, of water here, represents what a lot of us look like. Well, we look good. I mean, doesn't that look good? It's pure and it's clean, it's clear, and there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, it's, I can't say, well, that's gross, man. That's, there's something wrong with that. No, no, no. It's, it's good-looking stuff. A lot of Christians, they look good. I mean, they come to church and they look good. And uh, they got, you got some, there's something right about you. There's something good happening in your life. But beyond that, I mean, it's not really doing much. I mean, it's, it just kind of looks good on the shelf. It just kind of looks good sitting there. It looks pure and clean, and, but not a whole lot of activity. And I kind of think the Lord designed us for more than just sitting and looking pretty. Just looking good. The Lord wants action. He designed us to accomplish, to get some things done. And so, I want to open this up. You know, you know what? I'm uh, lacking something. Usher, quick. <laughs> let me let the fizz come out of it so it doesn't overflow. Okay. Thanks. I forgot my vital... Whoa. <laughs> My activating component here. I gotta let the fizz out of here first. Wow, did somebody shake this up? Okay, we're good to go. 
Uh, anyway, it still looks good. <laughs> Not doing a lot, but sometimes what people need is just simply a mento. And uh, it makes everything start moving in life. <laughs> How many know about the mento experiment? All right. Thank you. <laughs> See, when someone is active, when someone is actively doing something, it's noticeable. It'll grab your attention. I mean, it looked good before, but when you take look good to do good, <laughs> take it from just being something to doing something with what they're being, um, it changes the complete outlook and the complete uh, representation um, that their life is. And so, would you consider yourself to be a, a ch like a change agent? Would you consider yourself to be active or passive? Is the church that you attend better off because you're here? Or is it like, well, you know, I don't even know if they'd know if I was gone. Well, that would be a problem, I think. Huh? But oftentimes, the person who thinks that way, they think, nobody cares. Whereas... The, other, the right way to think is, I'm not doing anything that makes a difference. <gasps> Amen. See, when we're really active, there's something happening, we draw attention. We, it's noticeable. We are filling a hole. We are doing something that is necessary and that is needed. Are the people you come into contact with inf influenced by the God in you? Or is it just, you know, they don't even really know that there's a change in you, that there's something different about your life. Uh, I think sometimes about the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. How many know they, they work, kind of work, can work together, but they serve two different purposes? Uh, a, a, a thermometer will tell you what the temperature is, right? It's, it's hot in here. It's cold in here. It's just right in here. Uh, but the thermostat, what will it do? It, when it's, it's connected to the power source, so it will actually change the temperature. If it's too hot, we can cool it off. If it's too cold, we can warm it up. We need to be more of the, the thermostats in life, all right? It's not really so impressive that people are able to describe the problem. And some are experts at that. You know that? If something's wrong, they can tell you about it. They can define it. They can explain it. Adjectives come out. I mean, they, they, they know how to define a problem. I mean, big whoop-de-doo, though, Huh? Or even if you're on the positive side, I mean, that is more positive, but even if you could say, it's good, all is well. We need to be in the assertive place in life. You are God's hand stretched out to a lost and dying world. We say, God, touch somebody. How's He going to touch them? He's going to touch them when I reach out and touch them. That is God touching people. Amen. And so we need to have the attitude that we're here to make a difference, to change things, to do something, not just to believe something and sit back and, okay, that's all there is. Amen. It's like, it's like this. Jesus didn't really exhort us to become experts at describing mountains. Whosoever shall articulately describe the mountain, the peaks the difficulty of it. No. What did he say? He, he, he exhorted us to speak to the mountain and move the thing. 
All right? We're not just supposed to be able to accurately define the problem. We're here to change the problem and make things right. Amen. Amen. So let's not just glory in our knowledge. Glory in, I know this, and my doctrine is this, and, 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 and I'm right about this, and you're wrong about this. Well, what are we doing? What are we doing to make a difference? What are we, what's coming out of our lives that is changing some of the problems in this world, that is changing some of the problems in somebody else's life? We are to be activated to reach others. Your potential, I think my potential as well, is much greater than we realize. The potential of your life, I tell you what, it goes beyond your comprehension and understanding. And we need to start tapping into this and seeing some changes. Did you find Mark 16 yet? Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said here, uh, verse 15 reads, And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Notice the first thing that he said was a word of action. He said, I want you to go. You're saved. You've got the goods. He said, I want you to do something with it. Somebody look at your neighbor. Look him in the eye real close here. Find somebody you can look in the eye that won't be afraid to look at you. Come on now. Tell him. Do something. <laughs> Listen, in the, in the kingdom of God, I don't mean my relationship with God is contingent upon my doing something because in reality, He created me to be something first and He made me to be like Him. But that's already a settled fact now. Now I need to go do. You know, the Apostle Paul, he was Saul. Remember, he had an experience on, his, on the road to Damascus when he saw the bright light and the Lord spoke to him, knocked him down. And uh, the first thing that came out of his mouth well, after he said, you know, who are you, Lord? But basically, right in that conversation, the first thing um, that he needed to know was, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? I think that would be right. But how many times do people come to the Lord today? And I don't recall doing this myself either, so I'm not throwing stones at anybody. People come to the Lord today, and we get our sins forgiven. We get heaven as our future. Heaven is our home, and, uh, and all is well. And we go our way, doing what we want to do. Doing what we were going to do before. Not stopping and saying, but Lord, you've changed me. What do you want me to do? See, there was an understanding in his mind that God called him for a reason. That God saved him for a purpose. That he changed him so that he could do something. And now we think, okay, I'm saving him in the family. And we go about our business. And there's a trap of, we just live our lives like everybody else. And some of that's going to be true because we're, you know, incognito. And uh, we're supposed to blend in. But at the same time, you get close enough, there should be some noticeable differences. In other words, I don't want to just live my life where, you know, I work and eat and sleep and do family things and, you know, career and have some hobbies, take a vacation now and then and die and go to heaven. There's something more that God has planned for us. He did a work in us so that work would come through us. He saved me so I could be engaged and involved in His family and His kingdom doing business. Amen. There needs to be that go ye spirit about us. Yes, I'm saved so I can do. 
I'm changed so I can go. I'm filled with God's Spirit so I can accomplish something that I couldn't accomplish without being filled with His Spirit. It's all to an end. Let's be asking that question today. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What have you called me to be? Yes. Who am I in Christ? Yes. And Lord, what do you want me to do? Does He want you to do something? Listen now. Everybody with me? A Christian should not be defined just by what they don't do. Well, I'm a Christian now, so I no longer do these things. And we list off maybe some of the things we used to do while we were in the world. Right? No, a Christian is not defined by now I no longer do X, Y, and Z. No, we should be defined by now I do these things. The Lord has called me for a purpose. A parallel scripture here is Matthew 28 and verse 19. He said there, go, into, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go and make. Go and make. Mark 16, go and preach. They're here, go and make. We're supposed to be going. We're supposed to be involved in changing another person's life for the glory of God. We are not called to simply maintain what we have. God's idea is not that we receive something from Him. We hold on to it as tight as we can and just make sure that we don't lose it. Make sure we don't give it up. Make sure we have what He's given us when all things are wrapped up. That's not His idea. All right, let's go over to Matthew 25. The, the Lord places a high value on uh, fruitfulness, a high value on getting a return on His investment. I mean, I, mean, I think we think that way to some degree. If we're going to put some money in something, we expect it to grow in value. I mean, that's the reason why a lot of people buy, other than living, um, they buy homes. Because they expect that, I mean, it hasn't happened in the last few years, but, you know, over the long term, they, they expect not only going to buy this house and have something to live in, but over the next many years, it's going to be worth a lot more uh, at some point. Well, the Lord likewise looks t- to us. He invests things in us so that they can grow, so that they can produce, so He gets a return. All right. It's not His idea. I'm going to give this to you. I just want you to hold on to it for me. Hold on to it for me and give it back to me. No, no, no. Give it back to me increased. And this is, Jesus taught this parable here in Matthew 25 called the parable of the talents. A talent, talent is not a word we use in our vernacular in this regard. It was a, form, it was a measurement of money. Okay, but he told this story about this man who traveled to a far country and he left his goods with his servants. And he to one guy, he says he gave him five talents. Another guy gave him two and a third guy gave him one. He said it was according to their ability, what they were able to handle and, and, and deal rightly with. Of course, he came back. The guy whom he gave five, what, what, what did he do? He doubled it. And the guy he gave two, he doubled it. And the, the, the master was very pleased with them. Said, way to go. Good job. You did the right thing. I got a return on this. But then there was the guy he gave one. And you know what he did? You know the story. Let's read here. Let's pick up in verse 25. Uh, he said, and I was afraid and went and hid your talents in the ground. Look, Lord, 
there you have what is yours. And the Lord said, well, well, good job. I gave you a thousand bucks and you gave it back to me. A thousand bucks. Way to go. Good job. You didn't lose a dime. I mean, you didn't lose anything. Is that what he said? It's interesting. He was not pleased and he got all of his money back. He got all of his, 100% of his money back. Didn't lose any of it. And yet he was not pleased. You can see what he said here. He used pretty harsh language. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not gathered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. And this is the way that the Lord views these things. He expects us to do something with what we've received from Him. And every one of us have received something from Him. We really have. You remember in the Old Testament um, when God called Moses to do some things with, with Pharaoh and he didn't really want to, didn't. Uh, he had to go confront Pharaoh and, the Lord, and Moses was like, well, how am I going to do this? Well, you know, what do, I, what do I have to offer? It's interesting what the Lord said to him in Exodus. He said, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? And it happened to be he had this rod in his hand. He said, throw it down. It turned into a snake. And he said, grab it by the tail, and it came back into a rod again. And the Lord was showing him, I'll take whatever you've got in your hand, and I'll do something miraculous with it. I think we ought to ask ourselves, what have I got? What have I got that God can use? What's in my possession? Material, ability, time. What, what, what is there about my life that I can say, Lord, I'm giving this to you so you can do something miraculous with it, so that you can do something that is beyond what I even thought possible? I'm telling you, God doesn't call all of us, any of us, to do something without giving us something that He can use. There is something in your hand today. There is something within your power today that God wants to use for His kingdom and for His glory. Amen. The next verse here in Matthew 25 is, is verse 29. Jesus said, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That almost sounds unfair, doesn't it? It's like the rich get richer and the poor go to jail. <laughs> You know, it doesn't sound fair. But look in the context of what he's saying. He's talking about the person who did something with what they have, they increase and they get more. And the person who buries what they have for fear or for whatever reason it is, they bury what they have, they lose it. They lose what, 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 what's, been, what's been provided and what's been offered to them. I know which camp I want to be in. I kind of like the increase camp. And I know. So what do I need to do? Well, you just need to pray. No, I don't just need to pray. I need to do something with what's been given me. Amen. It's kind of like, like, like what, uh, you know, James wrote about this. And, and first John wrote, uh, in the book of First John, uh, the Apostle John wrote about th this principle of a person having something but not doing anything with it. You know, you see your brother in, who's in need if you have this world's good and you just let him, you know, be warmed and filled and you don't do anything to help him out. Say, so what good is that? You know, what, what, what good is that? John talked about how does the love of God abide in you when you, you, when you see situations like that and, uh, and you don't do anything. We are called to be something, absolutely, and to be with the Lord, 
but to this end that we accomplish something. God is into production. He's into fruit. He's into a, re a return on what He's deposited and given us. And so we need to be thinking along these same lines. Look at Matthew 14. Just back up a few chapters there. Matthew 14 and verse 14. Notice, and when Jesus went out, He saw a great multitude, and He was moved with compassion for them and thought about them all the rest of the day. Dreamt about them during the night hours. Woke up in the morning and forgot completely what he dreamed about and went on with his business. Jesus was moved with compassion and his father said, boy, you got my heart. How many know it doesn't say that? He was moved with compassion and there always has got to be an and. And healed their sick. I think sometimes today we have a heart after God. God has touched our heart. We see people who are hurting, people who are in trouble, and we have that same compassion in us. The compassion of the Lord works in us. We don't like it. We don't want to see people hurting. We want to help people. But sometimes between the I feel it and I do it, we get off track. And we feel it. We're moved with compassion, and nothing ever gets done. And we go on our way, going through life. And if you do that enough times, after a while, you see someone, and you don't feel it as much. You don't even feel that compassion like you once did. We must act on it. Got to get to the place where we do just like Jesus. I see the need. I see the problem. I see what needs to be done. And I'm going to be the thermostat here. I'm going to change this situation. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this thing done. And, and sometimes I think we might get tripped up. Well, I, I don't know if I'm gifted to do that. You know, I don't know if I'm called to do that. Well, how about we figure that out as we go? As we're doing it and as we're helping and as we're filling in a hole and, and, and fixing a need, we might discover, you know what? I'd be better off over here. I'm more suited over here to do something else. Instead of just, we're all sitting back, hmm, wonder if I'm supposed to do this. I know you're really hurting right now, and I, I just don't know if I'm supposed to help you. You see how that's the wrong mindset. He was moved with compassion and went and healed them. Let's be moved as well. Let's let the Lord do something. It seems uh, one of the characteristics these days about large populations, and even when, you, when you're in some really large cities, uh, it's very common that people won't uh, hardly look you in the eye. Uh, there's a lot of lack of trust, and, and people are so busy, and they're just getting, to, getting where, they're, where they need to get. They're in a hurry, and people won't stop and say hi to you. They won't even hardly look you in the eye. I remember when our family first moved to Idaho decades ago, uh, it was different, especially out on the country roads. Uh, we came from California, and it was, it was interesting. You'd drive down the road, and there's a guy coming in his pick-em-up truck, window down, and he'd wave at you. And we'd look at each other and say, you know him? <laughs> Who's that? And you find yourself going, 
you're waving back, and it's like, he doesn't know who you are. <laughs> you don't know who he is, but it was interesting. People were just more friendly, and they were just more open and interested and, and concerned about your life, and I think there's a godly principle there, you know. I think, you know, going to heaven, I, I don't fully understand how we're going to, how much we know, and am I just going to know everybody, but I think there's a lot of people. I have a feeling it'll be pretty friendly. That you're not going to walk past a bunch of people and they just ignore you. <laughs> Probably be real easy to just get caught up in a conversation. You know what I'm talking about? With someone you'd never met before. And uh, there's something godly about recognizing other people, their life, what they're, de- what they're dealing with in life, valuing them as, as people. Some of this, you know what, it just has to do with growing up. It really has to do with maturity. When someone is a baby, physically, how many know a baby comes into the world, uh, they don't do much except for eat and sleep and make a mess for someone else to clean up? And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that? I mean, that's just where they're at. You got the three-month-old, you're not getting on uh, little, little Jimmy's case, saying, Jimmy, when are you going to start contributing? You are a part of this family, and you need to start carrying some weight. Uh, <laughs> No, at that stage in life, that's the only thing they're supposed to do, right? Uh, Likewise, that's true spiritually. How many know when someone first gets saved, the best thing they can do is just receive the implanted Word of God. Just be taught the principles of God's kingdom. Do a lot of eating. But how many know, it's like little Jimmy, if he's five years old, ten years old, 15 years old, and all, still all he does is eat and sleep and make a mess? There's a problem with that kid. That kid needs a little, little, little teaching, <laughs> needs a little something, right? Needs a mento. <laughs> we need some activity in that child's life. We need something to be happening in that child's life instead of just being on a receiving end. Can anyone see the spiritual parallel here? Again, when someone's first born again, yeah, they need a lot of teaching. They need to do a lot of eating at first. But after a little while, you know what needs to happen? They need activity. That is part of the complete package of someone who walks in and experiences the life of God. It doesn't just flow to them. It flows through them. There must be an outreach from their life into the life of somebody else, lest we turn into a swamp. See, I don't want to dry up and not have, not have an inflow of God in my life at any point, but I also don't want to be plugged up to where it's flowing in and not flowing out, and I just stink. And I'm telling you, this is not a pretty picture, but there are a lot of Christians in our world today, in our country today, they just think the summation of my rock and relationship with God and Christianity is I come to church and I listen to a message. And I get taught, and that's it. But you're a swamp, man. It, there needs to be an outflow from your life. That's when things really get good. That's what we're designed for. Amen. And so we're supposed to be productive members of a family. We seek a church here. I don't have any desire to have just a full house of people, good-looking, not you know, good-looking people that just... Sit. That just, I mean, what we're doing now is the summation of their Christian walk. That's not the picture I see. That's not the vision I have. But I see people actively engaged in the work of God. 
in their jobs, in their, in, their, in their homes, out in the community, of course in the church as well as we serve one another. Uh, but this is a picture of what God has designed, all right? We are to be active, activating in reaching other people for Him, amen? How do we do this on a real practical level? Okay, just like we've shown you in each of these values over the last few weeks, uh, some of the things that we have in place around here are based on this concept that we are not just supposed to be on the receiving end, but we have programs around here like One by One, which started with a, a sermon series I did, a teaching series about a year and a half ago, and we continue to this day praying for the lost and reaching out to bring them in. We, I'm doing what I know to do at this point, and that's in increasingly growing, thank God, uh, but to in, equip and enable people to reach their family and friends. And uh, one of the things I know is that whole one-by-one one one program. It's personal evangelism and discipleship. We've put in place programs where you can walk someone through the early stage of the, stages of their Christian life. And uh, whether you do that's up to you, but there you go. It's why we have healing teams. We believe in reaching out. We have teams that go into the city and the hospital and the nursing homes, minister here in the services. They've been equipped and empowered to minister healing to the sick and oppressed. Praise God. It's why, we, it's why we give money out of our church. You know, we don't just receive money. We give to missions and other ministries on a regular basis. We don't always say this, but 10% of every dollar that comes in undesignated to our church, we chop it off right there at the and put it into our giving account, and we, have, and we give. We, over the last six months, we've given a lot of money away. Yeah. Why? We're wanting to be, have an inflow and an outflow. And we believe the principle of, of the tithe is not only good for an individual, but it's good for a ministry as well. And so uh, you've given all over the world. We'll get more details on, those, uh, on that stuff at other times. But uh, it, it's why we do so, so, so many of these things, like our, our missions trips that we take from time to time. And uh, it's uh, our serving teams that we have around here doing all kinds of stuff. What is that? That's doing. That's, that's that go ye spirit. That's that I'm not just going to be uh, 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 an eater. How many know if, you, if all you do is eat, you're not healthy? Even if you're a very good eater. I mean, you may eat all kinds of food. <laughs> all ethnic origins and different foods and vegetables and proteins. And you're just a great eater. I mean, you're, I tell you what, I don't envy you. Because you can't move. <laughs> you're not a healthy person. Likewise, spiritually, it's the same way. It's why we have... a. Uh, our television ministry and radio stuff going out, and uh, these things are, are working. We're reaching people. Uh, you know, I, I get a, approached occasionally just walking through stores. One person came and said, I got saved watching your program on TV. I don't know if they've ever been here. Maybe, hopefully, they're going somewhere, but they got saved watching the program. And, uh, and so we do these things because people need what we know. They need what we have. And uh, it's why we do have, have events like the egg stream hunt each year. You know, we disguise Jesus inside of an egg. 
and for the kids to come. And it's an outreach into our community to share the gospel with them based on these things. We have the vacation Bible school in the summer designed. We get kids every, t- every year that come in. They don't go to church. Their families don't go to church, but they'll drop them off to get rid of them for a morning. <laughs> every day through the week, and they get Jesus, 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 and uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's why we have benevolence ministries and reaching and helping people to, uh, who are struggling in, in material ways, why we have our healing meetings every month, and we lay hands on the sick. We're, uh, we're ministering and reaching out to people who are sick. We do things like the Moore store in the spring where we give away good stuff. It's like, you know, everybody know about that. It's, our, it's like a garage sale, but it's free. You know, people think, well, you could make money for the building project if you just charge, but but that's not all we're in this for. We're in this to be a blessing, to minister, to help, and a lot of that is we give stuff away asking nothing in return, amen? That's one of the characteristics of the Christian life. And so many things that we're doing, we have the the baby showers and stuff for for the unwed mothers, and, and we do these things to reach people. I would just encourage you again, talk to the Lord, say, what do you want me to do? We have programs in place to help people to discover that, but that's the beginning point. Lord, what do you want me to do? You have to have that basic foundation that the Lord does, just doesn't want us to be. He wants us to do something after we be something. Amen. Amen. It's a constant involvement where we are, you can see through these values that we're sharing, that we are touching heaven. We're reaching out to, re- to have a direct connection with heaven, what are we talking about? Being grounded in the Word, being empowered by the Spirit. These must continue all through our lives. That's an inflow into us. And then we are connecting and relating, engaging with relationships with one another, and we are reaching out to touch a lost and dying world. That's the outflow. I can never have just one or the other, otherwise it won't work. Inflow, swamp. All outflow, dry up. But a good inflow and a good outflow, that's the life of God. That's the way God designed us. It's the way He intended us for us to live. And this is a powerful way where we can affect lives for eternity. Amen. Amen. Father, we just love you today. We thank you for doing a work in us, helping us to see, helping us to recognize what you've called us to be, helping us not only to know who we are and what we have, but, Lord, helping us to know what we've been assigned to do, what our place is in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, and in your army. Lord, we've got a mission. We've got some things we need to get done. You've got some plans that need to be accomplished. The time is short. The days are few. And we are in these last days with something to do. Lord, you've called us and appointed us. You've graced us and anointed us to go forth in power, in your name, to declare and proclaim of all that you are and all that you have done. So, Lord, we offer ourselves as vessels you can use. Lord, this is not forced upon us, but this is what we choose. We choose to live for you. We choose to obey. Lord, we choose to go forth, not be ashamed, but open our mouths and say that Jesus is alive, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus has given his life that all might come in. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for doing a work in us now. 
And we thank you. You not, you not only give us an assignment, but you show us how. And today we yield to you. Today we listen to your voice. Lord, today we offer ourselves. Today we go forth to be doers of the word. To be goers. To be those who move and are activated to serve. Thank you for the work of God in us now. We give you all the glory. We give you the praise. And we magnify your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you the thanks. We give you the praise. What a good God you are. What a faithful God you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.